Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files and forms for ordering CDs for these speakers and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Kate. All right, so I'm Kate. I'm a compulsive overeater. Oh my gosh, it just feels so good to be up here. Thank you, Martha. Um, she's not here, but just thank you, Martha, for asking me to speak, and thank you all of you for being here tonight. It's just a real privilege to be up here, and what a journey it's been. What an adventure it's been. The last four years and four months, I've been in the rooms, and um, and I just so feel my higher power standing with me right now. I just I. Should I get closer? Make out with the mic a little? There we go. Is that good? There we go. Thank you. So, um, yeah, I just, I just really feel like I'm in a state of grace tonight, and that, that's a direct result of the step work that I've done and of the relationship I have with God tonight, and, um, and it's all thanks to this program. So it's really a miracle that I'm here. Um, so, yeah, so I guess I'll just kind of dive in. Um, what it used to be like. Um and childhood and all those good things. I, like all of us, I was obsessed with food, and my life was completely unmanageable. Um, I, as far back, I was reflecting earlier today, and as far back as I can remember, I was always thinking about, I was always thinking about when I was going to eat. Um, during exercise, I was always excited after I would work out about eating. Um, we'd go to family functions. I come from a big family, and it was always centered around food, and I was always the one just in the kitchen cleaning up, eating the food while we were cleaning. I just remember all the food growing up that we would have at every single event. And I don't even remember what we were celebrating or why we were there, but I just remember all the different things that we ate and and just being so excited about about the food, and especially at my Grandma Sally's growing up. Grandma Sally, she, um, she had treats everywhere in the house. And I remember very clearly doing these little, I just, I, I would know where to go, and I would go to, to this candy jar and to that candy jar, and I would... I just I knew everything was hidden in the cupboard, and um, I still remember that so clearly. And just on my birthday, all my birthdays, I just remember the cakes and being so you know I mean all that stuff. Um, and but yet I was a very 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 tiny little kid, and people um, in high school or in junior high, um, the older girls thought that I was anorexic, and I was made fun of for how skinny I was because I I, I just I blossomed really late, um, just junior senior year in high school. So I was a little twig. Um, playing sports, I was in a lot of sports, and just I was known as a, my parents say I was a hyperactive kid. So, um, so they had me involved in everything, and so I just I mean, food it wasn't an issue growing up because I just I was super active and I was super thin and would just, I could just eat whatever I wanted. Um, but I'd, I'd say around 13, 14, I, I feel like after being in this program and doing a lot of work. Um, with God and, and doing the steps and, and really making the steps in my lifestyle, I have been able to discover that I, I, I kind of stopped developing as an, well, emotionally, I feel like I, I was at a standstill from the age of 13, 14. I was, well, around 12, 13, um, I was encouraged by the women in my family um, to get plastic surgery. And, I mean, this was like 12, 13, 14, I mean... And um, and there was a part of me that I didn't like, and it was it was encouraged. It was like, okay, well, you can just you can change that. That's not a you know that's not a big deal. 
and that's that's just kind of that's just to give you an idea of where I come from. I mean, that's we would go to any lengths to be perfect in my family. Um, we would go to any lengths to be thin, and we we would go to any lengths to make you think that that we had it all together and that we were we were perfect and that we were good enough. And um, man, it's been so it's been so good to to dig through a lot of that junk and a lot of those layers, um, especially the past year in recovery. Um, I ended up to deal with just after I did the 12 steps, just doing psychological, finding that I had more psychological issues to to go through. I ended up getting you know outside help to complement with the 12 steps, and and that was a real gift, you know. And that that's been a new season in recovery, um, and that's my recovery has just been made up of so many different seasons. But um, but yeah, so back to when I was a, a little teenager, it was just it's like I, I mean I, I remember I just I, I would I, I had to get straight A's, and it's not like my my family was even telling me I had to do these things. But I was just always driving myself so hard, and I was such a perfectionist with everything I did um, and with how I looked. And I was like my mom's little doll growing up. And, I mean, my gosh, I mean, she, she was laying out clothes for me until I left for college, like literally picking out my outfits every day. I mean, yeah, think about that. So, um, so I was like this little doll, and, I, and I, I didn't know how to think for myself. And, and a really cool part about recovery is that I've been learning how to have a voice, and I've... I've discovered a voice and um, God's been giving me the ability and the grace to you know, to share that and to have that and to express that um, but I was always basically told what to think how to look um, just you know God forbid someone sees that I'm not perfect because then, then they would see that I wasn't good enough because from the age of 12, 13, 14 I, I was really I really didn't think I was good enough once um, once my family encouraged me to get surgery and then I ended up having um, multiple surgeries by the time I was 18, and, um, and you know, like liposuction was an option, and um, I mean, just crazy. It's like that was the area that I that I came from, from the family that I came from. It was just any we will go to any lengths to to look to look good, and um, so just it's, it's how that played out in recovery. Wow, I mean, so many layers to dig through with that, and I mean that fed into, I mean, I the, the eating really came on strong. Um, in high school just around sports because I didn't feel like I was good enough and physically I you know I didn't feel good enough I thought well surgery was was the option being thin was the option um and you know my mom was never thin enough I I God bless her and she she really did the best she could and she did a great job but um but but you know her her disease and her um her journey with with her eating and body issues really was was not a healthy environment for me to be in with with the way that I'm designed. I mean, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a people pleaser. So if she didn't like her arms, then oh my gosh, well I'm double her size, then I must have really ugly arms that I can't share. And it's such a cool. It just feels so good to have my arms showing tonight, and it's just such a victory. I can't even tell you guys. It's just I made. I, I was I was really uh, conscious of my choice to have my arms show tonight because I, I I did not show my arms. Um, it was very hard for me to show my arms throughout college. I mean, I would always wear short sleeve shirts, long shirts. I was always in um, just knee-length black skirts, like long tops. I just, and I probably wasn't that much bigger than I am now, but my head was so crazy that I didn't think my arms were good enough for, for anyone else to see. Um, so, yeah, so, so what else do I want to share about that time? So high school, so I just, I remember never feeling like a good enough, um, like I was a good enough uh, athlete, and, and yet, Sports took up a lot of my time, but I just remember the focus was always on, um, and the relief always came when we were when we were eating, you know, as a team. And in between tournaments, um, 
in between games and tournaments, I, I remember the highlight was always the food and the coolers, and the coolers were full of amazing snacks, and um, and I, you know, sometimes I wouldn't play the entire day, and I, I was known as, as, you know, I'm a people pleaser, so I was known as, like, the good, the good cheerleader for the team, like, the good teammate, and I was always the one... Um, cheering and just encouraging everyone, and but inside I just I was dying inside because I didn't feel good enough physically because you know my 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 family told me yes you need to get surgery you should do that and that was kind of just a big lie that just because um, I didn't tell anyone about that in high school um, and made a whole lie around that and just that's another big part of my story is being dishonest lying manipulating um, just so that you think you know everything's good everything's fine everything's perfect. Um, and just, just dying inside. But I didn't know it, though. I, I, I really didn't know it. And, and we, we didn't talk about feelings in my family. And I don't even remember crying throughout high school. It's so funny. I don't even remember crying ever. Um, so this all just got... And, and granted, I'm, I mean, I, I am a really good people pleaser. I'm really good. And um, or so I thought. And um, I, I, could, I thought I was a mind reader. And my second sponsor, I'll never forget, she looked at me... Dead, deadpan looked in my eyes and she's like Kate you are not a mind reader and I was I mean I was I was pissed off at her because I thought no like I, I can sense you know if you if you think if you're thinking this like I can I can get like I see that I know that and she and, and that that just came from the people pleasing because I was always that chameleon just um trying to you know be who I thought you wanted me to be and um yeah, and I, I was so upset when she burst that bubble because I really thought I was like, no, I, you know, I have a sense for people and I, you know, I get it and I, I know what they're thinking. And she's like, no, no, you don't. Actually, no, you don't. And um, but but that but that skill served me for so long that that defect that shortcoming. I mean, it served me in a lot of ways, and I'm looking at that right now, actually, for the second time. I'm doing step, step six for the second time um, thoroughly. But, but at the time, I mean, that, that led me to being, you know, nominated on, you know, when it was, uh, where was I, the, the prom queen? I mean, what? And, and, and I hated myself. And, and yet no one could see that. And I, I just had so much shame around, um, around everything. And I, just, I really just felt like a lie and the biggest fraud in high school. Um, but no one could see that, and I was trying to be desperately who I thought you wanted me to be. And I, and I did that pretty successfully for, for a few years there because um, people must have liked me because I was being whoever I thought they wanted me to be. So that was just exhausting, and I didn't know, I didn't have a voice at all at that time. So went on to college. That, again, was um, just one big manipulation. I, I went to college to play a sport, and I, with the intention to quit after I got in, and that, that showed up on my amends list um, the first time around. That was terrifying to confront the coaches, but God really brought me to a great place where I was able to, to make amends for that. Um, but, but, I mean, that, that's how I maintained this, this mask of perfection that, that I was so desperate to, um, to always have up. I would lie and manipulate to, to get what I, what I thought I wanted. So I ended up, yeah, in college, ended up getting into the Greek system and just drank a lot and ate a lot when I was drinking and um, dated a lot and, you know, just food, alcohol, boys. That was college right there. And, um, and tried the geographic cure a few times. Um, I kept thinking, well, if I just live abroad in enough places, then, um, then I'll be okay. I mean, I, I, I tried everything to fill this God-shaped hole. I, I tried. I tried controlling my weight. I tried, um, I tried controlling what you thought of me. I tried dressing perfectly. I tried pleasing my parents. I tried dating the right guys. I tried driving the right car. I tried having the right job after college. I tried having the right college. I mean, I tried everything, and I was still, I was still completely empty inside and still, um, 
just had the largest God-shaped hole inside before I came into these rooms. Um, and the cool thing about God is that he allowed me to try everything, you know? It's like God, my God is the God who, free will baby, I mean, it's like I can do whatever whatever I want and um, I can make myself as miserable as I want to make myself. And, and I really, I, but he's always there, you know? He's, he's always there for when I'm ready for him. And and that's what I discovered in the rooms was that, you know, God was always right there. It's just I wasn't ready to open up to him. I wasn't ready to to do life with him. And um, and I was trying desperately for everything for, I mean, I can't, I, he really allowed me to try everything because he knew that I was so sick and crazy that I needed to run out of ideas and options before I was desperate enough to turn my life over, to turn my will over, which is, I love step three and I still work that every day. Um, you know, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Oh, I love that decision. I get to make that. I get to make that throughout the day if I need to. So yeah, so really was was out of was out of options at the end of college. Um, I was checking everything off my list, everything I thought I needed, everything I I thought I needed to do. You know, shoulda, 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 coulda, 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 doing all those things. Um, just crazy, just looking for validation in men and from um, always, always my mom. Um, my mom was my higher power. I discovered that when I came into the rooms. That was horrifying. Um, and um, I love how I can say that so casually. My mom was my higher power. Um, but but yeah, so got got out of school. You know, cheated cheated on tests to get through certain classes. It's like I did whatever it took to to you know to to keep that perfect facade. And then I ended up getting into a career that, that my dad, I thought my dad wanted for me because I, I was a mind reader, right? He didn't tell me he wanted it for me, but I thought he totally wants me to do this. I should do this. And um, I was miserable. And that was, that was just everything kind of came to a head when I was in that, indus- when I was in that career. Um, my boss was struggling with an eating disorder. And it's really funny how when you're sick, you attract sick people. And um, she, I mean, she was just eating frozen yogurt and I thought that was a really good idea and I would steal her rice cakes and the rice cakes would get stuck in my keyboard and um, it was just I remember that I remember I'd be like oh and I was trying to get the rice cakes out of my uh, keyboard and she was only eating her frozen yogurt and she was like a quarter of my size and I thought I'm not skinny enough I'm not skinny you know I mean it was just it was just crazy it was absolute insanity and oh thank you God that my life is not like that today but I just remember I couldn't exercise enough I just remember thinking because I would go in late to work to, to make my specific exercise class and to, to train for the marathon. I mean, I was exercising for hours before I'd get into the office. Exercise, believe me, is part of my story. And I, I was training for marathons. Um, once, I, once I quit my college sport, I started running really long distances to keep the compulsive eating off. Um, and, and I just remember wanting, I, was just, I could hardly hold my body up at my desk. I couldn't eat my responsibilities because I was so tired from kicking my own ass. And, um, and that's because, you know, I'd eaten too much over the weekend. So don't you know I, I have to exercise as much? I mean, every day I just, I was so driven to, to be thin. I mean, that was the only thing that mattered was how can I lose weight today? And then I couldn't, and that lasted for five days. And then on Saturday I would eat for hours. I'd wake up early and I would eat for hours and make concoctions and just, just get relief from the week from trying to be perfect and from trying to lose weight every day. It was so exhausting. And, and, and I just thank you, God, for allowing me to go through that. And I have so much compassion for that girl today and um, that young woman who just really didn't feel good enough. I really didn't feel good enough. You know, I went back to that the first surgery that I had, and I just, I just thought I was deformed. You know, I just felt like an alien. And, um, and, I, and I remember being really scared of people looking me on, just 
just front on. I remember thinking, like, okay, I'm okay on the side, I'm okay on the side, okay, but if you look me dead on, like, I can't be looked like that's too intimate. And I remember being terrified of going on. I mean, I was a serial dater in my early 20s, just just desperate for validation, desperate to fill that God-shaped hole, and I just remember being terrified of, of anyone actually getting to know me. So I would just drop everyone, I would drop, I would drop anyone who was interested after a month, I would just get rid of them as fast as I could, because I was terrified of everything that I was digging over that, that um, I'd never shared with anyone. So yeah, so just, so what happened? Um, I hit, I hit my first bottom. I, I definitely hit other bottoms in the room, but, um, but the first, this is, this was the biggest bottom and got me into OA. I, I Googled, um, I Googled binge eating and OA popped up and that night I'd had a, I'd had a, not even an epic binge, but like a pretty good binge. And, um, it kept me up all night, you know, I was just partying, and I was, like, passed out by the toilet for a little bit, thinking I was going to puke, and I, I didn't, but, um, and, and I, I could never do bulimia, I was never able to be a bulimic, thank you God, um, by the time, that, that probably would have, you know, felt really good, um, but that was always the thing, that's why I did exercise, you know, that's why I thought, well, okay, well, then I'm going to have to work out for three hours tomorrow, and I just, after this one binge, I just couldn't do it that, that day, and I'm just, I'm so grateful for that. I really, I was not able, I was not able to lace up my shoes and hit Sibethene and, and run to the beach and, and, and run it all off, you know, while you're, like, burping and you're physically, you feel deformed and twisted inside, and I wasn't able to do it that day. Thank you, God. And that, and that freaked me out so much because I thought, okay. I'm going to get fat. Like, I'm, it's all going to show on my face today. And I would cancel all my social plans. And, I mean, it was just that fear of um, other people seeing what I was doing to, to myself. So, um, yeah, so I went to a meeting that night after OA popped up on my Google. So grateful for technology. And I heard exactly what I needed to hear that night. And that, I mean, from that meeting on, the girl, I mean, God was so generous. Because if, if that meeting hadn't hooked me, I, would have, I don't think I would have come back into the room. I mean, it would have been a long time. Um, but that, that, the person, the girl who shared, that's why I'm so eager and, and happy and grateful to be up here sharing with you guys because I don't know who's going to hear this when they download the podcast. And, and the podcast has saved my butt so many times when I've been in my travels and when I've lived in places where there aren't enough meetings. Um, I was listening to a podcast today just as I was getting ready. I just love the service. So thank you, everyone, who makes this possible each week. Uh, but this girl who was, who was being of service that night and was leading that story got me in the rooms and showed me that there was a different way. I didn't know I didn't know I had options. And and that's what this program, that's what the steps have given me. They've given me a different way of living. And and my life doesn't have to be unmanageable, you know? I, I don't I don't have to make decisions each day that make everything about the day feel so unmanageable. Um, I didn't know that before. So when I so when I heard her share I started going to as many meetings as I possibly could and I was I would hide in the back, I would go on late and all that stuff, wear, wear a big hat, wear a big sweatshirt, just, I was, I mean, that, it, was, it was so overwhelming to hear all these feelings that I felt for so many years, um, expressed by others and articulated so beautifully, and I was, I, it was foreign to me. I didn't know, I didn't know I had even had those feelings going on. I mean, I certainly couldn't have put words to them. And, and when everyone else was just being so rigorously honest, it was so intoxicating. And I got such a high off of the meetings I went to and, and found, found the all-women's meetings to be really safe for me initially. Um, and, and still do, you know. It's, it's, it's just, yeah, there's nothing quite like um, a room when the lights are dim and it's all women and you're just, you're just sharing from the heart. Wow. I mean, that's, 
in all of our meetings. I mean, all of our all of our meetings, God shows up. God's always showing up. God's always there. So yes, I started going to meetings. I got a sponsor probably after I don't know month and a half, and um, and I and I just heard pick someone who who has who has what you want. And this girl, she was confident. She was comfortable in her skin. She was totally imperfect, and I wanted that. She looked. She looks really comfortable with being imperfect, and that's that's what I want. That's what I wanted. That's what I still want. And um, we started. We started. We ended up doing the first three steps together, and then I felt so it's so funny. It's been part of my recovery, but so early on, I ended up moving abroad to go to graduate school, and went to this country far east. And I was. I mean, everything was was shooken up, and I, I, I still, I was desperate to be to be well, and I was desperate to jump into the program over there. But yeah, it's, and I'm still reflecting with God just on it doesn't even matter, but just on kind of what led me over there. I really believe it was God, but I think it was also a part of it was um, just being desperate to escape because I, at the time I could not get well the way that I needed to. Um, being just with all the demands I felt my family and my friends had on me at the time, I, I didn't know this was going on, but I, I, I just I had so many people in my life that I felt obligated to and that I felt had expectations. Um, you know, I was just I gone into another program for that, but um, but at the time I I just me being so extreme, you know, being being the mar- you know the marathoner or um, moving to different countries when I you know, when I felt uncomfortable around someone. I mean, I, I am so extreme by nature, and I don't know if you guys can relate to that, but um, I was like, I'm either going to eat perfectly or I'm going to eat um, everything. Um, I'm either going to restrict or I'm going to eat everything. I'm going to have, you know, a piece of fruit for dinner or I'm going to have everything. And um, this was one of the cases after four months of recovery, I moved to the Far East. I mean, it was flipping crazy. And, um, but God still used it and so worked through it and it was so ordained and so blessed. And my recovery really took off over there because I was desperate for more recovery. I ended up um, getting a sponsor over there. I remember I, I had my big book as, we were, as I was taking off to fly over there. I didn't know when I would be returning. Um, I had so much peace because of the, the higher power that I found in just working the first three steps. And um, and I had my big book clutched to my chest in the plane, and I and I read that on the way over, and I just really fell in love with the big book, um, and, and and with the steps, and that's I have to say, I mean that has been that the big book, my recovery is rooted in the big book, and why I have what I have today um, is because it is rooted in the big book, and um, and the way the big book has this work the steps, I mean that my recovery, that's the foundation of my recovery, and. Um, it's so cool how God led me to this sponsor over there. I was I was going to meetings for all addictions and um, open AA meetings and just whatever I could whatever I could get into. There was no OA meeting, and ended up meeting this woman. She had just moved over there a few months after I did. We ended up starting an OA meeting, and um, she's just just by the by how she would show up and um, and lead and well I want to say lead, but she was such a great servant leader. Um, I, I just her example. Her recovery was so rooted in the big book, so strong, and she was so good at doing what she said she was going to do and at showing up and, and, and was so willing to be of service that that was such a God-given example for me, and she was so willing to be my sponsor, and it's so much, she had so much time to give me because she was out of her, she was far away from her home country, and it was just such a blessing, and we worked the heck out of this program. I was over there for just under a year and a half, and it was really all about recovery for me and about my relationship with God and about my, my master's program. Um, 
but it, I was really in this special little incubator of just, I mean, I had hours to do step work each day, and I, and I would spend hours doing it, and I, I took her direction, and that, that was, today I'm able, you know, four plus years in program, I have a relationship with a higher power where I know his voice most of the time, and um, I'm able to execute his will, or I'm, and, and sometimes I choose not to, but it's most of the time I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, totally and perfectly, but I'm willing to because of the willingness that I had to listen to my sponsor's direction in, in my early days. And she really, and that was a great season, and I was, I became quite dependent on her, actually. Um, and she, she, I want to say, broke up with me after about two years once I moved back to the States, and I, I had so much peace around it because I knew that it was time for me to really rely on God full time. Of course, I, I got a, an interim sponsor right away, um, and then that led to another um, sponsor-sponsor relationship. But I, I, I just, I had a shift in my heart. I just knew that the way I'd been working it with her, it worked until it stopped working, and then it was time to really kick into high gear with my relationship with God. Um, but I'm so grateful for the time. She, I just can't, I can't, for all the newcomers and um, for those who, who don't have a sponsor, just that, that made such a big impact on me because she loved me unconditionally when I was not capable of liking myself. And she told me, she said, I will love you until you love yourself. And that I would always cry when she said that. And um, she was able to show up for me with unconditional love. I mean, she was very tough, though, very tough love, and I needed that at the time. That kind of sponsorship would not work for me now. Um, but at the time, that was exactly what I needed. And God really delivered that. You know, He always meets our needs. That's what I found in the room, is that God has always met all of my needs. Not my wants, but He's always met my needs. Um, but, yeah, so what, when I ended up linking up with this, this sponsor, she had me start back at step one, and I was so resentful at the time, because I'd already worked... Don't you know I've already worked the first three steps in America? And she said, no, 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 I, I want you to start back over with me. And I'm so grateful that she did that because I was really able to um, have her know me on that intimate level. And it was really important for us to start fresh. And, wow, and, and to make that the bedrock and the foundation of all the steps to come after. I love the order of the steps. I have such a profound respect for the steps. And they have become a way of life for me. And I, I keep a big book at my desk at work now. And, and I get on my knees. I, I stop and pause. Um, I will read page 86 throughout the day, um, 86 to 88. I will read um, page 68 about fear when I need to. I mean, I, I, I always, I like to have a big book on me. I always have one in my car. Um, you know, it's, I, I just love this way of life that we have. We can, we get to, we get to get a little healthier each day if we choose to. And it's, it's absolutely a program of spiritual progress not spiritual perfection and I'm so grateful for that I was so grateful to hear that when I came into the room so, you know, this is about spiritual progress not perfection um, you know, let go let God I love our slogans in here you know, easy does it easy does it so keep it simple keep it simple these are slogans I use every day but so back to my sponsor she had me start over step one um, starting step four with her was was really scary because there were secrets that I did not think anyone anyone would ever hear from me. And it was stuff now I look back and I just have so again, so much compassion for that little high schooler, for that junior higher, for that young woman who just was was just eating over all these secrets. I mean I was just so I was so scared of anyone hearing these things because I thought they're gonna know I'm not perfect. They're gonna know I'm not good enough. You know, that was my biggest fear. People seeing that I wasn't that I wasn't good enough and really believing at my core that I wasn't. Um, 
and after doing step five with her and 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 one thing for me it was it's really important to have sponsors that I can be rigorously honest with who feel very safe um, and where there is a foundation of trust and that's what I had with her and she she was rigorously honest with me and and um, communicated with me and made it a safe place and that was really important so that I could be fearless and thorough on my moral inventory um, when I did step five with her I mean that went on for hours we broke it up into two different sections you know step five admitted to God to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs that was so healing for me and she just she just looked at me in the eyes the entire time and her she, she just had so much love and compassion in her eyes there was no judgment and that was so unfathomable to me when I was telling her these these terrible things that I've done that no one should know and she she was just looking at me like I love you I love you I got you and we prayed before and we prayed after and it was such it was it was a really special experience I have to say I didn't feel good after because my head was telling me you're bad you're bad you know and, and that that I wasn't expecting that she wasn't either because that had not been her um, experience when she had done step five but for me my head the disease came up loud and was and was really beating me up after I did that which I don't think that's the experience of many but I think it's important for me to share that um, you know we all don't feel elated and joyful after we do step five and I had to really you know look at um, really look at with her what my um, what my assets were because I've been so focused on on my defects so it's important to look at my assets after that and to really let God thank you and to really let God um, just love on me you know just love on me um, so yeah so made step step seven uh, step six we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character step seven humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings Ooh, that was just a relief um, it feels good to be to be known you know by our sponsors when we when they help us to see what these defects of character are it feels good to be known and to be loved and accepted and just to know you know what we struggle with and then we get to really rely on God I found I get to really once I the more I know myself in the rooms the more layers that come off I get to I get even closer with God and I get to um, I just get to be more self-aware and, and then more reliant upon him. You know, okay, God, wow, that's coming up. Okay, please help. Please make me willing to let you help with that. Um, step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Oh, my gosh, making the amends. That, ooh, some of those were, so, as I mentioned earlier, so challenging, but freedom. Freedom. I mean, that's the word that comes to mind. Just when I hear 12 steps, I just think freedom. I mean, God, he, the, way, the way these steps are laid out, they're just so divinely inspired to me. And the big book is so divinely inspired. And, ooh, freedom. I mean, that's, I've just experienced so much freedom uh, when I'm close to God and when I'm working the steps. And I, I had more, I, my freedom just continued to increase as I made my amends. Um, I love working step 10. I, I usually do it, well, kind of do it just on the spot. I mean, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. I mean, I just promptly admitted it. I mean, I'm, I'm quick to, God just shows me after all the step work I've done, because I worked the heck out of this program, action, action, and more action. And I now have the muscles where I'm able to see, ooh, okay, that defect just came up. Um, I, I, God, do I need to make amends there? Yes. Or I'll do a quick little step four in my head, and then I'll see, I'm um, okay, I'll amends, and I'll make them on the spot. And that's such a gift of, of you know, working, working a, a strong program. 
Um, and and I, I love step 11, you know, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him. And, and that, that's something I just do throughout the day. I'm always talking to God. And I did not have a relationship with God when I came into the room. I grew up going to church with my family, but, um, but I had no intimate, personal relationship with God. I would just say a few um, memorized prayers. So the fact that I have this power that's greater than me, that I can talk to all day long, and that I, I start, every morning I start on my knees, thanking Him for my abstinence, thanking Him for the new day, um, and just asking Him to be with me. I love that. I mean, it's a constant best friend. And I no longer need a person in my life to fill that. I no longer need the food to fill that. And I'm telling you, I just love the steps, and I love how it brings us, um, it brings us into relationship with a power that, that works for us, and that that is personal and that is intimate and that meets all of our needs. We get to design that power. I mean, it's just, it's really extraordinary. Um, and, I, and I continue to need to do that, with, especially with the work project I have going on today. God, please, what is your will for me today? You know, what is the next right action? What is the next right step? Give me the power to carry that out. And I, I love, in the big book, 86 to 88, you know, it encourages us to, to practice pausing throughout the day. You know, when agitated or doubtful, we pause. And I love that. I mean, I always say, okay, God, what's your will? Thy will not mine be done. And what's the next step? And I use that constantly throughout, throughout my life today, especially when I'm in the office, um, when I get overwhelmed. It's like, God, God's got the next step. It's always simple. It's always gentle. It's always, it's always loving. Um, God's always just, his way is always gentle and simple and loving. And in step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. This step, it's been such a privilege um, to get to pass the message on, and, and God has given me opportunities to do that with strangers, uh, with family members, with close friends, with friends of friends, um, with people in different countries. From all walks of life, I've been able to, to um, work the steps with people. I've been able to, to share um, what I believe is God's redemption. I mean, God has totally transformed me through these 12 steps, and and he's given me a character. And... Um, or rather, he's kind of taken off all the layers that were hiding my true character and you know, who I really am in him. And that's what the 12 steps have, have been for me. It's been about bringing me into relationship with, with a God that loves me unconditionally. And I've been able to have a relationship with myself, you know, as a result of working the 12 steps and continually working them. And I really take good care of myself today. My back has been out. Uh, my back was out a few months ago. had a car accident and... Um, and my back went out, and I, um, I've really had to rely on God. I've, had, I've not been able to exercise. And I can't even imagine what this would have done to me in the past. It would have been an absolute nutcase. And I have been able to, my food has stayed the same. Um, it's probably even gotten smaller just because I, I need less. And I'm, I'm so in tune with my body today that I, um, most, most days, you know, imperfectly, I'm able to stop when I'm full because uh, I always bring God into my meals. Um, and, and it's, you know, work has felt a little unmanageable at times, and that's when I pull up the big book. That's when I get on my knees. That's when I call a fellow. And I work the program in my life by I call my sponsor daily. Um, I do that imperfectly, but I call my sponsor. Um, I, I'm always in contact with fellows. Um, it's very rare that a day goes by where I don't speak with someone from the program. I've got a God Squad in program. Um, women that, that I'm, I want to say, fiercely close to. Women that, I, women that know me and that know 
that know all the quote-unquote just icky parts or parts that I find just not so great or I, did, I almost said ugly but I was like no I just I accept all those parts today you know and I have women that know all those parts and that um, can reflect can reflect back truth when I'm when my head is spinning um, I mean for today I, I have to say I mean my life my life is so good today and it's and I can see I can see the blessings and I can see what God has done and um and I'm aware of how God's working in my life, and that I'm so grateful for that. Um, I have so much more that I'd love to share, but I, I don't know how much time we have, but a few questions. Let's open it up to questions, please. <laughs> abstinence and food plan. Yes. Um, thank you. Um, my abstinence for me, it's, it's no binging, and it's no exercise bulimia. Um, and my food plan has changed, and I think it will continue to evolve and change in recovery. Um, just as my program and the way I work, it continues to evolve. God keeps reminding me just to have this space to let everything just evolve. You know, nothing is going to stay the same. Everything is just always changing. My relationship with Him, with myself. So food, food for me today, it's three meals, two snacks. Sometimes three meals, one snack. Sometimes it's five little meals. Um, so kind of just. It's always the same amount of food, and I prepare food. Usually I prepare food for the entire day in the morning or the night before. I take it to work, and I'm at work so long these days that I'll have all my meals there. Um, so it's kind of just whatever I have time for in between calls and meetings. It's, I'll just, okay, God, is it, is it time? Do I need protein? What do I need? And I'm always asking him, okay, what, do, you know, what should I have right now? And allowing him to just dictate how much I serve myself. So it's, yeah, so... And when I eat out, last night I was out with friends, and um, and I had half of what was on my plate. And in the past, I would have eaten. I, I know I love what I ordered at this place, and I used to just, you know, just crush it. And last night, I, halfway through, I was like, oh, that's weird. I think I'm done. Excellent. You know, and that's like God's grace. And so I had the other half of lunch today. That was, that just was not, I did not understand the concept of that, not crushing your plate um, and having food after I mean, I used to have meals after meals after meals, you know. So, um, so yeah. So abstinence for me today, it's just, um, it's just keep keeping clean. It's like sober, sober, clean living. Um, in my relationships, in my in my food, um, my relationship with caffeine. God lifted coffee off of me about, gosh, almost two years ago. I was totally obsessed with coffee, and I would have it throughout the day. Totally compulsive and addicted to it. And for today, I don't even have coffee. I mean, it's just, it's like the road gets narrower and narrower. And it's, and God just keeps lifting desires and obsessions and compulsions and just gives me new levels of willingness to just let go of things so I can have more freedom in Him, you know? Can I answer your question? Cool. Oh, that, and that's all. Thank you. Thank you.